see you coming back in here with fucking jumpsies. I want to see you coming back in here with bloodstained jumpsies, Dad. Look at anybody going sitting up a paint with those boys after that. And the referee is looking around and acting of Mickey. Tell the children to play tennis or something. If they want to play tennis, go and play tennis. Well, welcome to the Three Man Wheel Buzz of the EGA podcast. Morris here, joined by Mark Farley. Mark, what's the crack? Oh, sure, a lot, Morris, here to put any doubt about my championship credentials yeah my championship credentials just get rid of any doubt Gary Connaughton was the interim champion for a week I hope he enjoyed the week it's the closest West Mead are going to get to any championship for the foreseeable future but now I'm back to claim what's rightfully mine so this is our guest the Handicap Podcast as Mark uh, rightly pointed out there and here to defend his belt back again is Gary Connaughton Gary how's the form? good Morris I'm back I'm here to upset the apple cart again to Upset take, the apple cart, yeah. yeah. You you're already strife with the GA cliches. Yeah. Take take on the status quo, you know. Just so put Mark back in his place. We're unifying the belts this week. I was the reigning champion, wasn't on last week. Gary won the interim belt. We're like the UFC here. Uh, <laughs> and Gary is some poor Max Holloway or whoever, some forgotten interim champion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get right into it. So we're all in Crow Park this week, lads. Saturday we're starting with Cork and Tyrone. Is it a weird time for Cork after the way this year started and how desperate it all looked and then their footballers finally came good and their under-20s gave Kerry the hidens of all hidens last night. Suddenly, things are looking kind of rosy. And like, we all took the piss out of the five-year plan that they'd put in place and look at us now. Sure, they did it in five months. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know what parts they could have even implemented yet of it so it's just more the, the idea like that's what they always say if you've got goals you got to write them down and build a roadmap and then they'll just magically happen and maybe the, those uh, Instagram influencers influencers were right it's yeah it's, at the same time they're playing Tyrone this week which uh, I, I don't know about you that's a game you'd really fear from yeah I think we talked about it slightly on um, Monday that like they're not going to get the space they got against Dublin the forward line Dublin had kind of gone man for man or at least if you could get you know they're a little slower to filter all their players back compared to Tyrone um, Cork made hay with that in the first half in particular but that's just not going to what's the word um, what's the phrase something water I can't remember the phrase my head's gone <laughs> hold any water against uh, against Tyrone on Saturday yeah, so the last time these teams played was in the qualifier last year when there were, it was a 13 points in the end, Tyrone Betting, but there was an absolute hammering. And Cork, in response to that, it looked like, had tried to experiment with the defensive setup in the league. And then their players met and decided to move away from that because it doesn't suit them. So they turn around and try and set up a separate way, which has served them well so far. But if there's one team you probably don't want to set up as open way against Gary, it's Tyrone. Yeah, definitely not. Like the, again, in the Dublin game, like Mark was saying, they came out earlier on. It was kind of we have a shot, you have a shot. And to be fair to Cork, they did put it up to them. Like and their shooting was great. It was very accurate in the first half. But Tyrone definitely will not be doing that. They're going to be going playing the classic Tyrone style and filtering men back. There's going to be very little space for Cork to operate. And it's probably as obvious as. Um there's obviously tits in the bowl, as the man says. <laughs> um, Probably who hasn't heard that. That was the Cork manager of the under twenties last night, was it? We'll play that now, actually. Go on. Uh, the Kerry team obviously will be um, will obviously well prepared, but then you know that's you know that's as obvious as tits in the bowl as the man said. You know this is going to be very straightforward. Uh, they are going to be good. 
So, like, I don't know if he's right or wrong here. That's what I'm wondering. Um, because obviously the, the, the saying is, it's as obvious that the saying is, it's as obvious as tits on the bull. Um, <laughs> but obviously the saying should really be as useless as tits on the bull. Um, and it, but then, as Donnie in the office pointed out, if you saw tits on the bull, it would be a very obvious thing. You'd be like, Jesus, that bull has tits on it. Uh, um, <laughs> so maybe the phrase just kind of work. And who are you to say what... Uh, what the man says like the, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 do you know the same man that, <laughs> that they do down in Cork um, but what is as obvious as tits in a bowl is that Tyrone are going to be incredibly well conditioned and I know I keep bringing this up but I think the way that Dublin pulled away from Cork in the last 10 minutes and the way that Tyrone continued to do it against teams means that that is as pressing for Cork in terms of trying to just live with Tyrone uh, Mark you're up first here because you're the defending champion and each give me a spread yeah, speaking of, I don't know, has the future of Peter Donnelly been decided with Tyrone since he's joining Ulster Rugby? Yeah, that's massive. Um, I don't know if that means he can't be involved with Tyrone anymore. Uh, you see like the likes of Daniel Davies is involved with the, as a nutritionist with Leinster Rugby and Dublin footballers. So the, I don't know if, obviously, it could be, you know, every situation is different, but maybe there's some way he can stay on. But if he's leaving, it's massive. He's yep. been such an important part of that Tyrone resurgence in the last few years uh, but with that being said that has no impact really on the handicap this week um, I don't think the the Ulster rugby thing would have changed the betting in any way <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Tyrone minus five mm, yeah uh, I think it might be a bit higher I think Tyrone are definitely going to Cork going to have it up against them this week I'm going to go minus six for Tyrone you're both wrong Seven or eight, I'd say, probably yeah. possibly higher. It's Rome when it's four, lads. What? What? Christ. You'd be having a bit of that. You I think. would. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that one point as well. She's like, already lead. One nil to Mark. Right, on to I the. Was terrified it was, I was terrified it was far too low. I was yeah, just I, kind of, I, I, I know the bookie, bookies with them kind of games, they always are a little bit lower. We said it with Cork a good few times, but like, yeah, every time I say you'll be having that, we've said that for every Cork handicap so far. Bar <laughs> <laughs> the Dublin one, they've beaten it. Books have learned their lesson, maybe. On to Dublin, right? Um, the big talking point about this is how they'll line up. So you had Paul Flynn and Kieran Donaghy both speaking at the Launch Now TV with Sky Sports, uh, speaking to the, the star this week, who both said that they should think that Jimmy Connolly should start and that he should start in midfield. On top of that, you've... It was a Donaghy. I don't think Flynn went that far, but Donaghy's midfield thing was interesting because, like, forget about Jeremy Connolly for a second. If you didn't play Michael Darren McCauley and Brian Fenton midfield, you've got Darren Gavin and James McCarthy on the bench. Uh, Gavin back in training, as Jim Gavin pointed out in that... Uh, he was in that... He featured in that list of players that he used to <laughs> disguise the fact that Jeremy Connolly was back. Uh, so, like, there's already four top-class midfielders in that Dublin setup, without even talking about McConley at midfield. So, you've got James McCarthy coming back to full fitness, who came on at the end of the game uh, last week. You've got Dean Rock, who I think has to start now. I, think, I don't see how you continue to keep him up. So, the we know why Jim Gavin does this. Like, he tries to foster uh, Ruth just kind of looking over your shoulder every single year and whether that's by introducing a new player or like I wonder to what extent did that factor into his decision to bring back Jeremy Connolly like the, that idea of fostering something in terms of just keeping players looking over their shoulder like the, the thing Owen Merchant did last year Brian Howard did the year before that element but for that to happen if he wants to create that kind of 
culture, I suppose, Connolly would have to play this week. Yeah. It's hard to know. This Connolly thing, like, whether he plays this week, are we, are we just sort of feeding the the beast in terms of, like, that? Is this what Gavin wants? Is that the all speculation is just talking about Connolly now and will he play or will he not play? Um, or actually not, you know, talking about other decisions they might be making or other taxis like the Dean Rock thing or whatever it is. Um, and, but then at the same time, is it an unwelcome distraction? I don't know. It's really hard to decide. Like maybe it's that thing of like, maybe you just play Connolly this week and then it's over and done with. It's not an issue anymore that he's going to keep getting asked about going into, you know, like you can see now going into the next games, the bigger games, like, oh, it's going to, you know, people in the preview will be like, think Jeremy Connolly will get game time this weekend or whatever. So maybe you are better playing him. But regardless of what it is, whether it's, for the benefit of the team, it's almost more just to for the PR exercise, really, just to settle it down. And there's also the fact that, like, the if you separate it from all speculation, right? Like, we know. I, I mean, I'm telling you, he's still good enough to play in county football. Like, I, I think everybody like, yeah. like, agrees and, with that. And he also has the idea of playing a midfield or further out the field. Like, I know I keep bringing up the centre back thing, kind of jokingly, but in a, full seriousness his distribution his passing ability is incredible like he's got an incredibly accurate kick passing result and if that was what he was included for like you look at the job David Moran did for Kerry in terms of that pivot like that's a a, ta- a potential tactical change that playing a player like him through the centre would would introduce as well like there is there's a lot of layers to what they could do with that away from whether or not there's rights or wrongs or discretion just purely in terms of a tactical perspective that I think uh it wouldn't be worth pursuing, this, even to see if that was a possibility. Mark, what hopes do you have for Roscommon this week? Uh, no hope and Bob hope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say that about Roscommon anyway. <laughs> I, like, the Roscommon game was so annoying at the weekend because, once again, they showed why I hate Roscommon so much as a Cavan man because they did exactly what I talked about Cavan doing the week before, going out, give it helter-skelter bouncing off the walls like they they come up short in the end but they, again we talked about one of those just kind of like you know that was down to the physicality and the depth of Tyrone's bench or whatever they're probably going to go and do the same thing at the weekend for a while like yeah to be fair they're not going to win but they're definitely I think going to put up a lot, a lot better showing than they would have done last year yeah would you agree with that I don't know like it it was, I think it's a different situation the first game of the Super 8s in Roscommon against Tyrone and I know that they closed the gap a lot compared to what was what was the lose last year by 13 points was yeah. it? 13, like, but I think coming up against Dublin in Crow Park is just going to be a completely different story and I would worry for Roscommon a little bit um, like they're so dependent on Enda Smith to get the ball forward for them. every time it seemed last week against Tyrone they needed him to carry the ball from the midfield to the full forward line like, maybe that's because Tyrone were so, had it so tightly packed back there but if he if Dublin can manage to take him out of the game which you'd have a good chance that they will with the footballers they have I think Roscommon are going to struggle to get the ball up forward and that's the problem with having I think we'll talk about this with Tyrone later that's the problem with having one dimension when you attack like the once Cox was the obvious answer or Cox and Murta as well but Cox was their their obvious target and they kept working the ball to him and when that was started up started off there was never any change like there was never like and the reason that I think this is relevant is because I think it could be an issue for Kerry which we talk about later as well that you need like if your middle third recognise that your inside option is starving that's when they should start going to the the double mode of start recycling the ball the inside option isn't yeah. on you can't force it and then and also that's like 
a lot of that responsibility should be on Cox. I think last week, without being too harsh, gave an insight into why he didn't get a run with Kerry. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a small bang of Mayfane off him in that, like, he gets on the ball. Sometimes it looks like he's, like, Joe Brawley called him a pot shotter, which is unbelievably harsh, but I see where he's coming from as well. Like, he's taking on shots that he shouldn't be taking on. That If, if they come off, they look spectacular. If not, they look kind of selfish and lack of self-serving. Like, you, you think about, in direct contrast, do you remember the, the first half points Stephen O'Brien kicked against Kerry when the ball went into uh, Clifford? He tried to go past Harrison twice, was held up, but then came down towards the sideline and looped back around and just hamp- worked a really kind of clever hand pass in between two men back out the outside and O'Brien could, uh, threw a dummy on his left, went down to his right and kicked it over the bar. Like That was a well-worked score, but it was a well-worked score because Clifford was aware of the alternative options and now certainly element of that is down to having support there as well. But I think like that and a heads-up element of, from your inside forward line is as important as someone like Cox, who is un- undoubtedly a really talented footballer as well. Yeah, I do think Cox will have a better week this week. Himself and Morton will get a bit more space. Uh, the wide open space is a crow park, <laughs> is what I call them. Um, but, like, there are, like, if you look at, say, it depends what what we talk about, how well are Roscommon going to do this weekend? We ask the question, like, what hope do you give them? Like, we would have said the same this time last week with the Cork game. And, Ultimately, they end up getting hammered on the scoreline in the end, but they put in a good performance. You could see the same happen. Like, Roscommon are probably in a better position. Obviously, rankings-wise, there you would say going into it haven't been been Connacht champions, but also just in terms of like some of the elements, like they're going to be able to match Dublin probably a little better physically. They're going to have the same, if not maybe not better, but definitely the same attacking threat. Like if you look at say last week, Hurley was kept quiet to an extent, but Connolly and Kerrigan stood up, whereas if Cox is kept quiet, you've still got Jermard Morta, uh, you've still got Enda Smith. You know, they're, they're, it's kind of the same way in that there's three in the main attacking threats on each. So, Roscommon, if the same Dublin team show up as last week, Roscommon could definitely make a game of this for a long time. But I would fear that you're not going to get the same Dublin mm-hmm. team as last week. You're going to get, if that was Dublin in second gear, this is going to be Dublin moving in from third to fourth or something like like, like you're saying that the pressure that's coming on for players the likes of Dean Rock pushing it into the team uh, he, back line like, like we were saying you could, e- you could easily have four different starters in the back line come the All-Ireland final so uh, it's going to be interesting like, can, we, can we reach a clarification on this Dean Rock has to start there, I can't understand how you could keep him any longer I, like, I, if you keep him any longer I think you'd risk pissing him off Like the maybe that's what you want to do but I think the Given how Costello played last week and how the ro- impact Rock seems to have, like the classic one now is every time Costello is on, they do the Ron O'Gara camera with, from Sexton and they show Rock sitting up in the sand. <laughs> and then Rock comes on and no matter what, he, like he's a sub. His job is to try and kick frees and score points. But even when he does this, you've got commentators saying, oh, he sent a message to Jim Gavin there. He's clearly, he's clearly out to send a message there. But I, I think he has to start this week. It's funny this time last year, we'd be like, Costello has to start. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gary, what's the spread? Um, I like I said, I do fear for Roscommon in this one. I think I'm going to go for minus nine, but I think Dublin will beat it. Minus nine is a good guess. It's actually a very good guess. What were the last week? They were minus ten, I think, against Cork. You can't see them being bigger than minus nine. I'm going to go minus eight. So before I read this out, it's worth 
bearing in mind, lads, this is the Dublin, this is the Leinster champions, sorry, against the Connor champions. It's oh, bigger than minus it's now. Be massive. <laughs> <laughs> the handicap is minus 14. Wow. Dublin, Dublin are 1 to 80 against the Connor champions. I think that's the biggest I've ever seen for that's two provincial final, finalists playing play the quarter final. I don't understand how they can. <laughs> yeah. That's mad. So I, I think the way that I, the. The classic one now is that Dublin are always beating the spread, that they're always conscious of beating the spread, that uh, um, uh, Don Fowl on Twitter had a thing a while ago about teams beating the handicap, that it's the, like, I think it was nearly 80% of teams were beating the handicap this year. And I think this is Bucky's counteract for that. Like, they copped onto it. They're like, like eventually, like, even if the Dublin, go, say, they're going out next week against Iron and they beat the 14, they'll go to 20, just for the sake of finally being able to say, no, Dublin didn't beat the spread. Like, I think they're, they're counteracting to that. That's, that's very big. Like, the thing is, well, they could beat it, but it's, I don't know, like, when you look at it last week, compared, like you're saying, I, like, there is an element of people writing off Roscommon in a way that isn't thoroughly, I, I can't believe I'm sticking up for Roscommon here, <laughs> but it isn't uh, entirely warranted. Like they put in a very good showing for fifty minutes against Tyrone last week. They probably put in a very good showing against Dublin this week for fifty minutes and then lose by fifteen points and beat the handicap. But uh, still, like Jesus, that is a big, big handicap. If you were to think about it this way, though, like say you're going into it's, it's fifty-five minutes are gone and it Dublin, let's say Dublin are up by five, that's suddenly the Dublin burst combined with Roscommon the dip that they had against Tyrone as well. I don't think they scored after that. Um, against their own that that last di- dip like Roscommon would probably go long the way they did at the very end of the game and they actually got to score off that as well but uh, that combined with that dip and Dublin was like would you be that surprised if Dublin were to let's say if they were five points up they run up ten points in those final 15 minutes or more like the, the that's I don't think that would be it sounds harsh but I don't think that would be that as surprising like I in a sense you'd nearly be judging Roscommon's performance based off 15 minutes and then what happens after that is, is inevitable really yeah that's what I'm saying but yeah. uh, it'd be the same as this week they could go 50 minutes and then get hockeyed but I don't think they're going to be hockeyed from the start I don't know I think they might be expecting a bit of a reaction from Dublin like I know the game last week against Cork me and you were in here watching it Morris and there was 20 minutes gone and we were like this is a game this is great <laughs> yeah. and then we never really thought the Cork were going to win I think that's just where they are with Dublin at the moment and the camera did cut to Jim Gavin a couple of times and I know he's never the most jovial of characters on the sideline but he looked absolutely raging with what was going on so maybe they're expecting Dublin to come out and go full throttle right from the start this time which I wouldn't be surprised to see right we'll move on to the big one lads Sunday Kerry uh, Donegal so there's two I think if we're going to analyse this game there's two real elements that we should look at here right there's the kickouts and there's Kerry set up because we know exactly how Donegal are going to set up they're not going to change the question is what will Kerry do to counteract that and then what will Kerry do particularly what will Kerry do around Patton's kickouts so we might start there Mark because I know you don't think that Kerry should push up on Patton uh, if you push up you have to push everyone up I think um, and also, they've, you've got the David Moran factor, which is different to a lot of other counties that Donegal have played. So you can imagine David Moran dropping back if Michael Murphy ends up in, like Michael Murphy sometimes end, a lot of time ends up in a half forward line for a Donegal kick out. And Patton, if there's a press, Patton will go over the entire press and hit Murphy forty five yards or forty five meters out from the opposition goal. You could see David Moran picking him up straight away to kind of hopefully try and move, rule out that option. The other thing is, if Kerry, like, 
if Kerry push up the do you take the gamble and push your entire full back line up into it as well? Do you push your goalkeeper up? Get you know, push goalkeeper up into the full back line and push an extra sweeper out from your full back line out in front to just kind of sweep left and right. Jeez, if that well, kick yeah. out goes last, long. Like there, there is, but it's so hard to stop Patton. Like he could, he could hit a. I don't know what is there any saying he could hit a. <laughs> I don't know. All I can think of was ones that he couldn't do. He wouldn't hit a bad door with a banjo. He could hit a barn door with a banjo. <laughs> if he aimed for the priest, he'd hit the priest. <laughs> right, but the so like the Kerry probably can't limit Patton's accuracy, but they can limit his options. So like they, like they know that's the Murphy pat down to McHugh. They know that's coming. So that, like they can like the the benefit of what how Kerry played against Mayo and how they played against Donegal. I think there's. Like a lot of this depends on what they do, what Kerry do with Michael Murphy. The, the two things are married. Like how will Kerry mark Michael Murphy and how that reacts. So you would think that the best probable scenario is that Moran takes some from kickouts, which negates that kind of long yeah. option. The problem is that if Annie Bales has an iota of space, they'll get there as well. But I think the if Kerry commit to that zone, that full zone press that will counteract how they're going to have to play from play because when you're that fully pressed up and the way don't like Donegal Donegal are a lot like Galway like they, they I, the, people are going to balk at that now but they are like they play they, defensively they're the exact same they just changes that the way they, they move the ball is much better but if Donegal are going to set up that way and Kerry are going to overcommit from the kick out if they lose that possession you're nearly sunk straight away like that's the gamble on your kickouts is a lot higher than if you so I think Kerry might give up the short kickout and try and tempt Patton into that which isn't in his like his stats are absolutely ridiculous as look, look back over him before today at 90, he only missed one against Saron he was at 96% that day two against Meads everything else was accurate and he's but he what is so incredible about that is he's very very rarely going to the cornerback or the, ta- the handy one you know the, yeah. the, the tap and I think that's if you really want to take on something like that I think you give him that option so drop Get like because that's a really hard option to turn down when it's there for you. When if you present that option that you can like, you know the way Kerry enticed Clark. Remember that the short one would end up in the goal chance where they enticed him with the short one and then tried to spring the trap and turned it over there quickly. I think you need to do that more often. That like, give up that option for fear of what he'll do if he's able to hit somebody long. It's like like sometimes I remember Roy Gallagher talking about this before. Sometimes if you're got playing against a guy like Michael Murphy. Sometimes your best option is to double team Mike Murphy and let the wing back at the ball because at least if the wing back's on the ball, your chances of conceding are still high, but they're less likely if you give them the yeah. other option. Like you, there's perfect, and there's there's what you would do in theory, and what you do in practice, and what will come off in practice is a lot different to what how Kerry would yeah, like to set up in this we game. We talked this before. It works. At, it can work at club level sometimes, where it's like let's target the man that we want on the ball from the other team, so you'd leave him free for every kick out and then press him. But the problem is, when you're playing against the likes of Donegal, there's no footballer in that back line that can't play ball. So <laughs> it's not, there's no guarantee. Oh, yeah, we'll turn him over, no bother. He's going to shit the bed when he sees three lads going over <laughs> and he's just going to drop it. Uh, and also, like, I don't know if Patton would take it. If you just leave the short kick out to cornerback on every time, he's still going to fancy himself to pick somebody out. Yeah, but like, like yeah. He, and then you're he, giving up, then you're giving up. You've neither an impre- you don't have a press on, and you're still losing the. But you can. But you, the end of the field. but you can. There's a way to play in between, and that you can have that press the way he carried it, and still leave like the illusion of an option to a corner back there, so that it's in the back of his mind. Cork did of, that kind of well against Dublin uh, on Saturday. Actually, they didn't. 
they gave in the first half in particular they gave Dublin the kick out but they weren't retreating back into their own half like say like a Tyrone and just keep coming back and back it was almost like the full back line you can get to a certain I think it would maybe say the core 45 or whatever and then they'd turn and start pressing them from there rather than letting them get the whole you know, get flooding everybody back the other option then is right so we know that Mike, so Mike Murphy will start out around the middle the way he always does and the big question is what will Kerry do to counteract that so they have the option of bringing back in something that's been stressed a lot this week uh, bringing back in Jack Barry and just giving him a man marking detail the way he did to Fenton in the league final in 2017 just telling him to follow him everywhere he's probably able to compete with him in the air um, I don't see that as likely because I don't know who drops out like, do, like would you drop Spillane after the performance of the week I don't think so and I think he's as good in the air as Jack Barry is. So if you're going to give anyone that detail, I think he is. But if you don't want to sacrifice him, Shane Enright is definitely strong enough to compete with him on the ground, but I don't think it works in the air. The reason I think it would be somebody like an Enright or a Gavin Crowley is because they'd be way more likely if Mike Murphy, which he inevitably might, drift in towards the square. They'd be able to compete with him there, which you'd lose if you play a barrier span on him. The other option is just go straight up and put David Moran on him. So we saw the the hijinks before the throw-in last week. Can you, like, whatever about that every battle, can you imagine Moran and Michael Murphy going at it before the throw-in this week? But the, the reason that I think that Kerry might prefer that, that means that Michael Murphy won't be, like, you, you would lose a certain element of Moran off the ball in terms of what he does there. But, like, all this talk about what Donegal will do to, uh, what Kerry will do to Michael Murphy there should be equal consideration to what Donegal do to David Moran because yeah. when if Moran drops off like the key to any of Kerry's transitions is, is David Moran he like the and he, like his I think I looked it up the other week he's only had two assists direct assists this year because his initial pass isn't the pass into your Clifford or his is the pass to the man on the 45 that instigates the attack like if you want to trap a team he's the guy you need to cut off and Mayo never pressed up on him. So, he, like, I did some stats up on site this week, which people can read. So, he had 11 perfectly accurate all-forward kick passes in the first half alone against Mayo. In the second half, he had seven, only one of which travelled backwards, which was a free to Shane Ryan in the 71st minute. But he had the crossfield ball, which ended up in the goal from the free as well, which might, might have travelled back. But in general, they're all positive. And they're all, that, like, that, the, the link man... He's the guy who hits that, who has that distribution, who maximizes the space that you have in the field and who can get Kerry moving quickly. Because I don't... Uh, Kerry won't push up on Donegal. Like they, they, and the reason they won't is because they have a really like a standardized... If you were to look at their system this year, they have a standardized system where it's all funneling through like a really narrow gap. And it's been a problem all year. Like if you look I'd at it... I'd say, that, like, are the two one-dimensional in an attack? Maybe. Like, yeah. Um, so if we look at it right... Like Donegal would probably have like Donegal have a way better spread of scores. Like they have Murphy, Brendan, McCarthy, Langan is always good for a score. Thompson, McGee, they'll all like they'll all contribute. That this has been a problem for Kerry going back like right to the you look at the Mayo game right they had Clifford, O'Brien, Ganey, and Sean O'Shea's freeze. Everybody else chipped in with maybe a score, but they're the only players who scored more than one point. Cork four players again: Clifford, O'Shea, O'Brien, and Thomas Sullivan scored one one. A couple of other players scored a point against Clare. Clifford, O'Shea, O'Brien. Nobody else scored more than a point. Monaghan in the league Clifford didn't play so who played instead of him Tommy Walsh sure enough Tommy Walsh O'Brien O'Shea Thomas Sullivan exact same thing there against Cavan they had three scores period in the league nobody else against Tyrone they had two Sean O'Shea and Moynihan so the well, the reason that is because is that they have these like 
too many players, I think, who in that kind of the flyer bracket, but not like Donegal's flyers, and that they aren't necessarily the best finishers. Like, Moynihan uh, is only okay. I know he's an inside forward, but he, he he's not going to score four points for you. Gavin White, Paul Murphy. I mean, I think Paul Murphy is averaging like less than a point a game and he spent a lot of time playing as a, a wing forward but he's a working wing forward Spillane we saw his shooting last week as well that's another massive problem so that, like I think whatever Kerry do I, I wonder will James Dunn here start I don't think he will and if he doesn't whoever starts in front instead of him will be crucial because they need to shoulder some of the burden as well as the, the work and fighting on the 45 the way that uh, Dunn who has to tailor that he'll have to c- cater to that as well because from Donegal's perspective if they're looking at how do we cut off Kerry they're saying we double team Clifford. We cut off that supply, and suddenly Kerry are looking around and saying, "Who's going to take on this burden?" Instead, do you double team Ganey. Ganey was like the the gateway into the Kerry full forward line. A lot of times he was coming deep. He got an awful lot of ball around the uh, forty five. Do you just block up that space that there isn't that outlet ball there and the kind of centre the front the front of a triangle basically they've had it and Ganey kind of swapped in and out with. I don't know who at times whoever was doing that. So maybe he's not gaining in particular, but you're just that position that there's someone sitting there that's got either side, which I think Johnny Oller are inevitably going to do, that they're going to there and they're going to hoover up, cut, out, cut off that kind of option that David Moore had coming out of defence. Yeah, like... I, I- the, the reason I think that I actually think you're spot on and I think instead of Donegal going back into their usual sweep in front of the uh, sweep in front of the fullback two sweepers in front of the 45 this thing that they've set up all year I think they'll try and cut off Ganey and cut off Clifford and take the risk that if you let like show leave, let Gavin White take that space let Crowley carry that ball forward let Spillane take that space and bank on the fact that they're not as liable when they're on the ball like you it's the same thing we're talking about with the Michael Murphy situation it's a numbers game like you let yeah. them have the ball and let them shoot because the probability of them scoring compared to somebody like Clifford or Ganey and not much else right now for yeah. Kerry is like, a lot less likely on the other side with Donegal we talked this well again there on the cover all ground but uh, you cut off Paddy McBrearty and you cut off uh, you cut, who else you cut off like Brennan then uh You've got Michael Murphy who's going to get you scores. You've got uh, Ryan McHugh who's going to come from deep and get you scores. There's just Langan, so O'Donnell, yeah. Thompson, yeah. McGee. They're like, and that's the problem, Gary. Like, the all when inevitably what will happen, right? And this is just going to it's it will happen, and people just have to accept it. You're going to have a lot of situations where 15 men are behind the ball for both teams in this game. It's like I think you see Michael uh, McBear, uh, Paddy McBearty come out sometimes. I think even Clifford might be a bit pulled out the odd time. Like I did. There's going to be so much... People like Donny Buckley and Stephen Rochford behind the scenes here, they're going to invest so much in trying to pull people out of position. So that is an inevitable consequence. And when you see these 14, 15 men behind the ball, in a Kerry scenario, Kerry will... like The the instinct reaction of every single intercount team right now is that it's going to your hand-passing game, your your recycling zone, and you'll see uh, White trying to attack from deep, Thomas Sullivan trying to attack from deep, Crowley, Spillane... They'll all do that. But their goal when they attack from deep is to try and work a scenario where they can get the ball to Clifford. Whereas yeah. when Donegal get in that scenario, Langan, McGee, O'Donnell, their goal when they work in the scenario is trying to work a scoring chance. They'll, they'll kick that score, which I don't think Kerry have it in their locker right now. Yeah, I think with Cl- like if Donegal can cut off and limit Clifford's influence, I think they're going a long way to stopping Kerry's attacking threat. That last week against Mayo, it kind of nearly reminded me of a basketball team, the way Kerry played with Clifford. It was him inside and get players it was like one it was like one in four out in basketball exactly, where they yeah, got the ball into part, yeah. him and either he'd take the score or he'd look for the man outside or he'd coming off the shoulder or just in a bit of space to pop the ball off so it did 
Donegal can stop him getting on the ball and then it not only cuts off most of their scoring but I think like Clifford's distribution once he gets the ball inside is underrated as well like he's not greedy I know you're talking about Cox earlier taking on uh, scores and that when maybe they're not on Clifford is intelligent enough to look for a pass that like there was an incredible pass he hit last week that nearly ended up in a goal I think he hit from outside the 45 I can't remember who oh the through po- the along ball. the floor yeah it was like yeah. Yeah, that was Paul Scores-esque like, it was it, unbelievable like, it was the most incredible pass that was a bad pass I've ever seen <laughs> it's so rare you see like a pass along the ground in Gaelic yeah. football that you're like what a pass that was because normally it has to be chest height but, but that was amazing but it was a great like this is it, oh, obviously it was great vision and a great attempt but ultimately it was a yard too far for <laughs> Katie to get out the end of. The grass was a bit long for it. I'll tell you, if one of us did that in training or a club game, you could give an out for kicking the ball away. But because it's Clifford, like, whoa, look at that, nobody saw that pass on. That's because it wasn't on. Yeah, but he picked seven, he kicked seven points as well, so he... Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, yeah. That aside, it's not that particular pass. So, and that's why I think, like, somebody like Rochford will be aware of that. So he'll have, like, the... The, the, uh, not to be too harsh but the idea of having Harrison one on one with Clifford and 40 yards of space in front of him is brain dead like that's, that can't happen anymore you can't do that with the forwards of that calibre so I think even if McFerry who we think will probably pick up somebody like Stephen O'Brien McGee will take Clifford but he'll have somebody else in front of him like I wouldn't be one bit surprised to see McMinniman pick up nobody and drop off into that yeah. space and McGee, he'll flow McGee can't be left on his own with Clifford yeah like, He's going to be able to match him physically. He's going to be able to match him, uh, what would you call it, verbally. (laughs) 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 As you were saying, Clifford was waving Lee Keegan off at the weekend like that. I'd love to have a mic (laughs) just picking up what the two lads are going to be (laughs) at each other all day. So, like, he's going to have his hands full. So, I think he needs some sort of help in there. Like, probably McManaman sweeping in front of him and then as I'm saying someone might be sweeping out the field as well just cut off the half forward line and so Kerry will start like there make no doubt about it make no mistake here Kerry will start and mirror that sweeper they will not push somebody else up so if it's well I, well, I think probably you'll, you'll end up a scenario where Tyg Morley will probably take McBerty maybe Jason Foley if he doesn't want Foley take the other Foley's fast enough to take Jamie Brennan so he'd probably take there but whoever is off the other side of that even if it's Gavin Crowley they'll drop into that split they will not Gavin Crowley will have the the job Jack Sherwood had in the Munster League but didn't really carry out the job Paul Murphy had in the league which is they won't attack they will they, I'd be very surprised if you see him cross the halfway line he'll hold that space and try and mirror the thing is though if Donegal starts to really cut off the spike to Clifford the only possible scenario is to try and occupy that sweeper which means push somebody else up into that space which is why I think that Stephen O'Brien had become much more of an attacker in that scenario that you could actually use him in that like a, it's like a semi-bridge between your already your bridge between your attacking defence another one there That and the only reason you're doing that is to try and free up somebody like David Clifford I should just put a thought into my head there as well is there scope for Kerry to do something mad and <laughs> I'm going to say two words here Tommy and Walsh so I have a theory right uh, a theory that I wasn't ready to debut on the podcast but now that you've brought it up I, I throw something there left field and he's like oh yeah I've been thinking about this for a while I've been developing a hypothesis so at home I, I, I think Peter Keane invested a huge amount of thought into this entire championship and he was working on it from the league to the very start so like I remember watching Spillane Spillane's played the first three games in midfields and he was like a game player but not, but he, I remember they were using him as a kick out option even though they had better options on the field at the time and I was like Why, what are they trying to develop there right and then Kerry played two inside 
against um, Clare. Then they had this thing with Clifford and the two Bregani and O'Donoghue starting to work on the 45. But then they've also had, so that's like different components to the same game. So the overarching system is the same and we've talked about this like a, a lot. But there's a third element that they've used sporadically this year. So they used it against Dublin, which was Moshe O'Brien on the edge of the square. And they used it against Mayo, which was Tommy Walsh on the edge of the square. They used and it against Cavan in the league as well. They were four or five down at half time, Brown, Tommy Walsh and start hitting it into him getting in front of him even if he doesn't get the ball he's occupying you're worried like going he's an, he's an option there for uh, a big like we say another physical threat if, you, if you're if you're sacrificing Ganey or Donahue out the field you can just stick it in on top of him and you're kind of worried going oh shit we've Clifford and now Walsh and I thought it was it was interesting to watch uh, so Tommy Walsh and Gavin sorry, I keep calling him Mush Gavin O'Brien uh, were both warming up a lot against Mayo and they were never brought off brought on sorry and I thought it was interesting that he didn't deploy that then and I was wondering like is he keeping that in his locker for when he really needs it is like there's the thinking that Peter Keane is putting into his subs right now is, is so interesting like Shane Enright was given a job they were like Kevin McLaughlin needs to be taken out of the game take him off and the second McLaughlin came off I could see it like McLaughlin was passing to go off the bench and Peter Keane was turning around looking for Graham Sullivan and he was on then that was it you you've done your job and like so the all of this like I, I wonder are they these different orientations that if they it comes to a stage where Carrier's struggling to make that initial break, Morn is not getting off a ball, where it'll come to where it's like, okay, we need to go route one and you still have someone like Clifford feeding off the edge of square, but you need something else off him. That's not Paul Ganey, I don't think. And I think that's where you'll see one of Tommy Walsh or Gavin O'Brien go inside there and that'll suddenly become a, an option. And I think that, like the reason I was holding this back is because I was going to do something on this next week. I think this is the game you're going to see it. <laughs> and I think on Monday I'll come back and we'll talk about it. So it's great that I got in ahead of him now. So yeah. I come back on Monday and be like, that's the thing you predicted, Mark. <laughs> you think there's going to be like a Tommy Walsh game in this championship, like Kieran Donaghy-esque in 2014, where he kind yeah. of comes out of nowhere and just completely changes up everything that we thought we knew about Kerry, essentially. Because like, when Kerry, like, and this, I keep going back to this, if, when I guess this is, go- it's going to happen that Donegal will get 14 players behind the ball and it is going to happen that Kerry is going to be recycling ball trying to get one of Clifford O'Brien or Ganey on the ball because they, they don't have enough options but a fourth an additional option in the same system an additional option is to put somebody else on the edge of the square and aim for him and they've tried they've enough experience by testing out like Tommy Walsh and Gavin O'Brien got enough road in the league and in recent challenge games for that to be an option that I, I think it's definitely that is definitely there and I think especially it, against the Donegal defence like McManus had a great year. We've had him, we have him in our rolling all stars football team so far. Uh, Paddy McGrath possibly out injured. Ombang Gallagher's out injured, and even at that, like McGrath's a great defender. Gallagher was, is more of an attacking threat. They're all not six foot three, incredibly built defenders. Like there, there is an option. There is an opportunity there for someone that is going to be big, big and physical. Like if, once you take like move from Geese on Clifford, then that sort of that one big physical man marker old style full back gone so there is something there that a possibility to shake shake it up in some way shake it up that being said Donegal every player in the Donegal team will go through a brick wall so <laughs> will they go through a brick wall what before we move off this lads I just want to give a shout out to um, subscribers uh, three subscribers a three man weave uh, Andrew three Goulding in their own right exactly yeah um the three men we've doing a hell of a lot more than we're doing anyway because Andrew Goulding, Dave McNerney and Peter Knox are trying to raise money for Make-A-Wish in Ireland. So when to this mark, they're climbing the highest peak in each of the 32 counties in Ireland over a long weekend. So the beginning of Mayo and they're going non-stop until they finish in uh, Erigal in Donegal on Sunday the 4th. Um, they're all, this is all going towards Make-A-Wish. If you search 
Andrew Gooling Make a Wish you'll find their page or you can see the Peaks Challenge you'll see it there as well um, probably a worthy enough cause and the great news is that Mark is considering joining them to hike <laughs> all these peaks if we get enough interest so if you do donate to the boys that's a fib <laughs> be sure to leave a comment that Mark Farley will accompany them and uh, we, <laughs> we'll get Mark involved that is the uh, definition of a long weekend by the uh, way yeah. <laughs> right final game lads uh, Mayo we have to, we have to, we have to do, do the handicap oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> and also we want to mention that if you want to see another preview of uh, Kerry and Donegal you can see it on our social channels where I took on Mark in Playstation 2 Gaelic games I renewed our rivalry where Mark is finally tr- trying to finally get one over on me and uh, it featured one of the greatest performances in the history of the GA. Yeah, we're talking about Sean, Ga- or Sean Patton's kickouts. I mean, you should see his actual goalkeeping ability. Okay. This is incredible. <laughs> uh, it's a low-scoring game, we're not going to lie, but it did go down to the very last kick of the it ball. Was it, yeah, was it was exciting. Yeah, it was exciting. Um, so it's well worth checking out. And it's like, look, maybe you're going to see a few tactical innovations from that as well implemented on Sunday. Right. Um, score, what's the score here? One all? One all. It's one all. Yeah. So Mark, you're up here. It's very hard. Like, I don't even know who's favourite. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you still have to say Donegal are favourites. Uh, I'm going to say Donegal minus one. I was going to say Donegal minus one. So I'm just going to say evens. It's Kerry minus one. It's 2-1 to Kerry. What? <laughs> Kerry are favourites. Um, that's an interesting scenario, I suppose. Um, oh, Donegal are going to win this. A, I think. a bridge to our next game, but before we move on to the Mayo-Mead game. Um, wasn't a gas to hear Cullum Raleigh, the meat coach come out this week and <laughs> <laughs> label Donegal <laughs> a one man team to be yeah. fair he didn't label them a one man team almost a one man team said, is what he said he said I'm not calling them a one man team but they're the closest team I've ever seen to a one man team <laughs> like the, the I can see where he's coming from but I can you they've though they've also got like <laughs> 16 to 17 other players who are quite good at football Uh Michael Murphy definitely like if we talk about like say the Sean Patton kick out for instance we're like oh you press on them but then he has like it's almost like he's an entire tactic like you just go oh yeah we can put it on along on top of Michael Murphy like there's those elements but at the same time you've got Jamie Rennan Paddy McBrearty Ryan McHugh Ombon Gallagher Sean Patton Neil McGee uh, Steve McMenamin in the all-star team like we said so far uh Langan, so there's any amount. Jason McGee, uh, where do you, where does the list stop? Even Niall O'Donnell is a, a brilliant young forward. He could be, you could be talking about him in a few years has been uh, one of the best forwards in the country. Like I know you see, say you can see where he's coming from, but like at the same time, Donegal bet me this year without Michael Murphy in Ballybuffet in the first, in second round of the league. Like I, I don't know if that's a. I don't know if there's enough in that. It's also such a weird thing to say when you're going to play them in what could potentially be a huge game in two weeks. Right, Matt, Gary. Mayo and Mead. In saying that, do you have Mead any chance? Uh, I don't think so, but judge going by that Mayo performance last week, you don't. I wouldn't know really, to be honest. Because How much of that would you put down to... This is Mayo five weeks on the bounce? Yeah. How much have you put down to run out of legs, actually? That's what I thought it was, to be honest. That's what I was Bernie. wondering. Is it... Is it long? Is it a short-term run out of legs, though, or a long-term run out of legs? I like, know we've been talking about age catching up to Mayo for what seems like the last 15 years or something like that, but is this the year it happened? Or, like you said, is it just down to playing four weeks in a row against the Kerry team that were well-rested? 
I, I don't know really we'll probably learn that maybe over the next couple of games but I think Mayo are probably lucky they're not playing Donegal this weekend because if they were their championship would probably be over because I couldn't see any way that they'd manage to lift themselves up and beat Donegal this week if, if they had to do that but uh, I don't know I'm not sure about this one for me though I think Mayo will probably just have enough yeah I like I think that um, it was interesting to see how early like James Horn seemed to I, Lee Keegan coming off uh, as early as he did I think was an admission that right we need to say, so have it in the bank Definitely, for yeah. for next week um, and I wonder like to what extent last week in a weird way could have done them a bit of good as well like I think it's now clear Vaughn just isn't the partner that they need there um, so like Shamir Shea came on and had a bit of an impact but I think you move on back to wing back and get another partner there because that's just not going to work um, especially if like you're looking at probably Menton who's going to square off there like that's the thing the thing about this mead team that you would you'd give worry to against somebody like Mayo is they've got so many legs like in terms of O'Sullivan uh, Keown who we talked about a lot uh, on this podcast the Menton Mickey Newman probably play inside Connell on the other side like they've got that kind of we keep coming back to it, Mark Flyers <laughs> they've got them in abundance yeah and then the kick out thing again like every every game is coming out of these kick outs but they yeah, are very you, important would, yeah would you like, drop Clark that's a big big question going into this game and they might get away with it for this this one like you know it might be it might be me they'll be their own doing but in the long run like they were well in that carry game up until they stopped their kick out malfunctioned and then it's so hard to, because like Clark is such a brilliant brilliant goalkeeper aside from that his kick outs when they go long just hang in the air too much that's it's such a small little thing to, to pick at but like it can be such a like when they face Donegal in the in the next game and you're we're talking about pressing up on the kick out like that option that we're talking about Murphy and just pinging the ball 60 70 yards isn't there for Mayo so I don't know though can Henley does Henley have that distance in him as well I know he's obviously there was the famed All-Ireland final replay thing and Henley's kick outs were um, better but like that was back in the day a short mid-range kickouts. it wasn't distance wise yeah, I don't know. I could, it's probably an easy thing to answer. Any Mayo fan is going to be able to tell us straight yeah, away. Yeah, I think but. Mayo fans will be getting PTSD of discussions of drop potentially dropping David Clark again. I think it's yeah. going to be a massive call for James Horn to make if he does decide to go down that route. Is is there a better option in like I, Clark, yeah Clark wasn't ideal, but he also had very few options as well. And that's true. Like, yeah, and his and his actual short and mid range kickouts when they're on when they were on weren't bad a couple maybe went over I think one or two maybe went over the sideline um, but that was like to someone you know you're trying to pick out a needle out of a haystack um, like the, if they had the squad that played in the league what they could have done was split so Jim O'Connor take one side O'Malley take the other side and you've got Ruan then you've got three options which like David Moran is good but he can't cover all three and then you give yourself a way better chance of even if it's just a one-on-one ball like a 50 put the ball up between Instead of putting the ball up between Spillane and Vaughan, you put it up between Spillane and Shamie O'Shea or Spillane and Jim O'Connor. And we know Ruan and O'Connor are coming back towards fitness. So that it's like, a lot of times in those scenarios, it's actually about the, you, you talk about Michael Murphy, it's about the option you have in your centre forward line. It's like that one extra outlet that, this is like the Cork Carter's conversation. Like, it's only so many times that Nash can poke a ball down on top of Harney before it's broken. Like, there's only so many times he can kick a ball out on top of Aidan O'Shea or try and do that yeah. before Moran cops it. Like, the, 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 if, if, even if it's one additional player and that's why I think Aidan O'Shea in centre forward made sense to Rochford because at least then he could make like the stock that teams are putting in restarts now and the obsession with either retention or scores that are coming off them 
that's probably where the logic for those kind of moves come from and that's exactly what Mayo needs more so I think than a change of goalkeeper yeah like, and it might be a change like we're saying if it's only one thing like that where it's like wait, when we go long they're hanging in the air too long and you've got someone like David Moore and whatever is mopping them up like maybe it's coming up with a different type of tactic where like you've got Aidan O'Shea Shamey O'Shea if he starts uh, Donald Vaughan and even Lee Keegan put all four of them within a yard of each other and just put it up among the four of them and like it's going to break and you get your Mayo lads in under in under the break like there's just something different that you could try rather than trying to pick out one person on their own when you've got maybe the two midfielders splitting either side and they're 20, 30 yards away from each other if you do that then at least you're making it into a a 50-50 contest or making it into a sort of a what would you say like a, a ridiculous battle for the ball it is kind of like out of Horland Right it's 2-1 lads Mark is on the verge is on, on the cusp Gary what's the spread? Does Gary get to go first in this one? He does Yeah I do um, He says very aggressively Feck. I think Mayo are going to win uh they probably will make hard work like they tend to do but I think the spread is Mayo minus three ah no why did you have to say minus three you could have said any number in the world <laughs> plus or minus it was all there for you plus two minus two minus twenty five the only one I wanted to say was minus three I, like I'm wrong like it is minus three he's going to take this he's going to take the belt off me and it's not fair it's just by luck with the fact that he got to go first in this one but I'm going to go with Mayo minus four so I've got good news and bad news, Mark. <laughs> Gary's not right, but it's Mayo minus two. The good news is that it's Mayo minus three and Gary's spot on. Hey, champ, champ. What was I meant to do? <laughs> Sorry, well, that's the bad news. The good news is that you don't have to be on the podcast next week because you're out. <laughs> <laughs> Take the day off. Mick is in. I, uh, I did, in fairness, I did also beat you on the two times you went first, so you can't have that excuse. That's a cowardly way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll be back with you on Monday to review all of these games. Oh, Keep an eye out for it. everything. <laughs> Keep an eye out for that video that the boys mentioned as well. I'll have an interview up with um, Stefano Kumbar, the who was the Kerry fullback in waiting, who's now down in Geelong and loving it. As you'll see if you read that piece on Sunday morning. In the meantime, take it easy. Enjoy the weekend's games and rate the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>